This gentleman is in both halls of fame, the Hall of Fame in Canton, the Hall of Honor in Pittsburgh. My pleasure to welcome in Kevin Green. Kevin, thanks for joining us. How are you? Oh, absolutely my pleasure. I am great every day. I appreciate it. Uh, great to see you at the Hall of Honor uh, induction banquet um, last fall. And, and I wonder, just the Hall of Honor in general. Now, you're in the Hall of Fame. If you're in Canton, you're automatically in the Hall of Honor. But every year we induct guys who may may not get to Canton, but Art Rooney and Dan Rooney wanted to create something that would honor great players in the Steelers' past. And I know you support so many of the guys that you played with. Oh, absolutely. And, and first of all, let me say, uh, being in the Hall of Honor is is totally different, I think, than, than, than Canton. I mean, to be thought of now as one of the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay, all-time greats now for, uh, you know, roughly 100 years of professional football, and that 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 is an honor now. Make no mistake. That that is a tremendous, tremendous honor for for me to be, you know, mentioned in the same vein as the great Jack Lambert and Jack Ham and Mean Joe Green and and on and on. It's just I'm still I'm still floored that, that I'm in the Pittsburgh Steeler Hall of Honor. Unbelievable. Well, that's that's really great to hear. Um, you, know, you had a lot of success, Kevin, wherever you played, uh, but it seemed like you reached your zenith here in Pittsburgh. Um, do you have a reason why? Was it the guys you played with? Was it the defense that was really designed to put you in a position to succeed? Not that you didn't succeed elsewhere. Was it the culture, uh, you know, the defense first around here? It's been that way since the 70s, and really even before that in the 60s. I would say all that and then more. It was the mentality, the Pittsburgh Steeler, hardworking mentality, going to knock your face-off, physical aspect, nature of the game, the way that, that they have played in the past, the way they're playing now. Uh, just the mentality and the attitude, the kick-your-butt attitude. I mean, that that was awesome to be a part of that mystique, you know. And then the coaches that, that I was surrounded by, of course, Hall of Famer coach Bill Cowher, uh, and Marvin Lewis now was was my linebacker coach, and he coached for a number of years. You, you all know as head coach of Cincinnati and so forth, and won a Super Bowl ring, I think, with uh, I think with with Baltimore Ravens. Yes, he did. Coordinator, defense coordinator, and then um, Dom Capers and Dick LeBeau. I mean, you, 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 the fans and listeners are aware that they they're the genesis of the. Fire zone concept and that Blitzburg and the, and the pressure defense that we ran when I was a Steeler in '93, '94, and '95. I mean, it it just and just elevated all the pass rushers on that team and um, put them on that stage to really make game changing plays, you know, for for the positive. And then all the players. I mean, good lord, uh, on the other side of me. 
I had my hunting dog, Greg Lloyd. And me and Greg, I mean, they couldn't double-team both of us. And then, and then when we dropped in coverage in that fire zone concept of Coach Dom and, and Coach LeBose, then it was Chad Brown and LeVon Kirkland doing a cross stunt inside, which caught people off guard. And, and they were no slouch now. They, I mean, LeVon Kirkland, 270-something pounds. I mean, he was down the hill now. And Chad, as slippery as he was, what a great pass rusher he was. I mean, I my corner was Rod Woodson. He was my, we worked in conjunction together in different pass coverage concepts. And Carnell Lake on the back end, and Darren Perry, and Audrey Joel Steed at nose guard. Okay, you, got, you just you get where I'm going with this. So, so good Lord, just surrounded by great players, great coaches, being a part of just a. a a legendary franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers was just, it was the zenith of my career. Just unbelievable ride to be involved with the Steelers those those three years of my career. Yeah, that's great to hear you talk about so passionately, Kevin, and certainly brings back great memories for those of us you know who followed those teams. Hard to believe it's uh, 25 years uh, already. Um, yeah. I talked to you about this at the Hall of Honor uh, induction dinner when we did a special show from there. Um, we had a lot of conversation this year with this team, um, with Bud Dupree having his career year and T.J. Watt on the other side. One complimented the other, and you alluded oh. to it, um, but having not only Greg Lloyd on the other side, but you both – rush the passer in different ways. Um, was that a factor in your success and his as well? Well, let me let me say this. I mean, he was, uh, uh, I think, a little bit more athletic, you know, and, and, and maybe, you know, rush the passer a little bit more with a finesse game. I was a little less athletic, so I had to rely on more of a power, physical, smash-your-face kind of game, but nevertheless, he was a physical, physical player. I, I saw Greg Lloyd a number of times just flying into the pile of bodies, okay? He wasn't, he wasn't going to stand around the pile now. He would fly in to the pile of bodies as the pile is going down. The runner is clearly starting to go down, and he is just trying to cause a fumble. He's trying to break that man with the football, a new one. And if anybody was in the way of him coming in, then in, in, so be it. Uh, you know, friendly fire kind of thing. And it happened to me one time. He flew in and um, and uh, broke my right hand in a, in a preseason game. <laughs> uh, I think that might have been 1994, 95. I can't remember. But, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to point fingers. I mean, I want a guy like that. To, to fly in and just de- decimate things and try to cause a fumble. But I, I really believe that, that our success as outside rushers um, had, had more to do with Carnell Lake and Rod Woodson and, and Darren Perry and the cover guys that we had on the uh, Dion figures and the cover guys that we had on the back end, giving us a chance to make moves and get home, uh, as well as, you know what, our inside backers. I mean, it was great for me to drop back in coverage because 
the offense, it would always catch them off guard. That, you know, Kevin Green or Greg Lloyd, they're in coverage. Oh, no, here comes LeVon and Chad up the middle. And it just – it was just a, a one, two, three, four punch with all four of us. And by them being good pass rushers now, they made, they made me a better pass rusher when I did rush because now they can't always – think that I'm dropping now, and they can't always think I'm rushing. They really don't know whether I'm dropping or rushing. I think all those things that I just mentioned help both Greg and I be be better pass rushers. I'm glad you mentioned, because I was going to ask about the back end, because pass rush is hand in hand. You get to the quarterback, they force him to hurry, can't look at his other options, makes the D-backs better, and tighter coverage gives you more time to get there. So I'm glad that you you, know, you talked about uh, those elements working in tandem to create that kind of ferocious pass rush. And that's a, that's a true statement, but I want you to consider a, a, another uh, point of view, if you wouldn't mind, briefly. The pass rush, not the pass rush, excuse me, the pass coverage, I think, is really the critical element, the pass coverage. And let me explain. We ran zero pressures, you know, like down on the goal line and so forth, in which we wouldn't keep a free safety in the middle of the field, but we would bring really essentially one more than the offense could block, okay? And that's called a zero pressure. If we ran a zero pressure, okay, in which you've got a free hitter coming off the corner, there's no block that's dedicated to him, okay? And the ball is out of the pocket. You could have a free hitter coming off the edge full speed, but not be able to put pressure on the quarterback or get a sack on him because the ball is out of the pocket too fast. Now, this is why I'm saying that the critical thing is pass coverage. Because if you have that coverage that puts a hesitation in the quarterback's release, that he double pumps it just for a second, or that he comes down from his first uh, target and acquires a second target and he starts to load up the throw, that's when the pass rush has got to be home. That's when the hit has to happen. It's got to start with the quarterback having a hitch or a second guess in his decision-making process and not throwing to his first eligible receiver on time and in rhythm. The coverage has got to be the starting point of any good rush. And like I said, you could have a free hitter coming off the corner if the ball's out of the pocket to a free and wide open eligible down the field. I don't care what kind of pass rush you have. Free hitters or not, the ball is out of the pocket. So it's got to start with those guys on the back end. It just, it's just, it just has to. And they work in tandem with one another, but it's got to start somewhere. And the quarterback has got to be able to second guess his initial thought, pull the ball down just for a brief second. Pass rush has got to now be home. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense. And uh, we saw it come to life, certainly. Um, and we're seeing more of that now with the, uh, you know, the, the next quiver and quake with T.J. Watt yes. and Bud Dupree uh, doing, doing oh, so yeah. well. Um, you um, have been coaching uh, in the NFL, I wondered if that's something you want to continue to do. Do you have any aspirations of becoming a head coach? Well, you, 
I guess you can kind of uh, feel the passion that I still have for the game. I mean, I, I still uh, really love the game. I'm 57 and so forth, and and uh, but I I still love the game. And given a, an opportunity, uh, I would have to you know see what that opportunity is. Uh, obviously, I, I think you know as much as I love the Steelers. If if, if they called, they'll you know it would be something that I would say, okay, I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm on my way. I already got my bags packed. Well, you, know? you should call him because Keith Butler is is doing double duties. He's the D coordinator, but he's also uh, he took over for Joey Porter coaching the outside backers. Yeah. So there's sort of kind of an opening. Well, they uh, you know they. They know that they know what I am, and they know that I'm a passionate dude, and, and they know I'm I'm here, and, and and I'll just leave it at that. Okay. And, and, uh, <laughs> but I, but uh, yeah, I'm you know I want to go back a, a minute and talk a little bit about Dupree and and what I mean. They have a great chemistry with one another a really great chemistry and that's something that greg and i had and it's something you need in that three four zone pressure you know fire zone concept uh defense and they got that they got those two hunting dogs on the corner salt and pepper whatever i mean reincarnated it is what it is but they are good with each other and if there's any way you know y'all the Steelers need to keep that together as as long as they possibly can, as long as they possibly can, because that's going to help them make that run again, you know, for the show, for the big show. Last thing for you, Kim, we have about a minute remaining here. Um, you're a guy who was born in Schenectady, New York, but you played college ball at Auburn. You spent most of your career, the early portion of your career on the West Coast. Now you come to Pittsburgh, which is not like the South and not like the West Coast, and yet people just flock to you. Did you feel like a Pittsburgher as soon as you got here? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know the Rams drafted me. I ended up you know, playing my first eight years out there, but I just, I don't know, something about that. Um, I just didn't. I just didn't fit in. All in all, there in, in L.A., I just I, for one reason or another, and that's the main reason I I, I left is that they transitioned to a a four three team and playing me out of position, and and I really knew you know what I was hunting for free agency uh, back in '93, and, and I knew what kind of situation I'd fit in. Just the attitude that the Steelers had, you know, hard working, in your face. Physical. Not only are we going to beat you with points on the board, but we're going to physically beat you down on a physical level. And you're going to know that. Not only are you going to lose a game, but your your physical self is going to get beat down. And I just that was just my nature inside, inside my heart. And so it was just a, a match made in heaven for me coming that uh, to Pittsburgh that first year of free agency and. In 93. Well, Steelers and all of us, we're all the better for having you. Kevin, I really appreciate the time today. Um, it's, it's delightful to talk to you again. I know the fans enjoyed it, and uh, hope to see you in the Berg real soon. Right on. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir.